Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. A transgender African-American woman is facing trial for murder after an incident outside a Minneapolis bar where she was reportedly harassed and then physically attacked. Reportedly interrogated without counsel, placed in solitary confinement. McDonald's supporters have said the case is symptomatic of the bias against transgender people and African-Americans in the criminal justice system. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how are you feeling today, my brother? I've been better, Abby. been better. <laughs> Got a bit of a headache. The world's going a bit strange. It's a weird week. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, I'm a little bit better because I I, re- I achieved two negative tests in a row come Sunday. So I'm back into freedom. I come out of isolation and kind of walk into a world war. A bit scary. <laughs> I'm really excited to know the rationale for your choice this week. B. Dolan, which side are you on? Hit me, Alan. So I think I've probably made reference to this song in a bunch of different episodes. I'm always finding little things in other songs that remind me of this. And I thought I might as well bring it to the pod because I talk about it all the time. It's one of those songs that gives me energy. B. Dolan's delivery is always passionate. The message of the track really resonates with me. I've seen him perform this live and it always just really brings that energy to me. And I don't know, just like the rhythm of it, it's just kind of a, a rhythm that moves me forward as well. So I feel like I needed that this week. And so I thought this would be a good track for it. How about you? Yeah, I really, I really liked the song in terms of, I really liked the video. And I don't usually get a chance to watch the video to these songs, but for some reason, this song isn't on Spotify. So I had to listen to it on YouTube. So I had to watch the video a few times. Quite eye-opening as well. Very eye-opening with putting in some mainstream rappers into that video. But like really making a point. And I I don't know why, but I highly doubt that those mainstream rappers have even seen this tune or even heard this tune. But I don't, you can't deny ultimate truths. And I just feel like there's a lot of ultimate truths in this track. And it's surprisingly quick for a four minute song as well. So Mm. I get what you mean with regards to energy. I really, really uh, felt that. Love the production and just love the energy. And I always like breaking down uh, B. Dolan because I feel like he has some real hard truths and gets you thinking every time. Yeah, absolutely. um, The reason he's not on Spotify is he took all his tracks off. For political reasons, he didn't like the direction Spotify was going, platforms they were supporting, so took all his songs off. Um, so yeah, you can only get him now on a, on a few different platforms. But I've said it before, and I say it again, if you ever get a chance to see him live, do it. Such a such a great performer. Facts, man. Who's up first? You're up. So when the movie ends, the revolution's dead. Replay. 
The sequence of events that led to these deep divisions, I realized that all the wrong people are in prison. So when the movie ends, the revolution's dead. Replay the sequence of events that led to these deep divisions. I realized that all the wrong people are in prison. Semi snap on that. So I'm sure it's a sign of the times. If I was to randomly just say, Alan, your house is mine, and then I just go and blow it up, killing you in the process, I'd probably get done for murder, right? Like, I would hope so. I'd, yeah. I, I, you know, investigation, forensics, CCTV, bam, Abby's in jail. But Putin, including any other world leaders that have instigated war in the past, do the exact same thing and yet face no repercussions whatsoever. It's, it's just like, it fucks with my head in so many ways. And this whole situation this week... And the way that it's escalated fucks with my head in so many ways because it's 2022, bro. Like, imagine a bomb landing in your street. Like, imagine it landing in Cranford or Heston and you're just seeing it, like, you know, bricks flying everywhere, people with blood on their faces, people getting killed and murdered. I just think it's atrocious. And it does, like, it does sometimes, from the outside, it does play like a movie. But this, these revolutions never die. And it's just replay after replay after replay. History just seems to re replay itself in a way that really depresses me. And that's all I really wanted to say with regards to the, like, the first two lines and stuff. I realised that all the wrong people are in prison. These lines also reminded me about one of my favourite films, The Dark Knight. Where Harvey Dent drops bars like, we tried to be decent people in an indecent time. You thought we could be decent men in an indecent time. You were wrong. The world is cruel. And the only morality in a cruel world is chance. I just think it's such an amazing bar, <laughs> right? And basically, Batman, at the end of the film, Batman takes the blame for the murders that Harvey Dent committed as a district attorney. And the reason why he took the blame for those murders is because the district attorney had managed to get all the crime lords in Gotham in jail, giving the city a chance of ridding it of crime and corruption for a significant amount of time. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I can do those things, because I'm not a hero. I like that. I killed those people. That's what I can be. No, no, you can't. You're not. I'm whatever Gotham needs me to be. And so I wanted to ask you the question, Alan. Knowing that people that are maybe murderers, rapists, and all the heinous crimes you can think of, would you make the same choice? Would you claim to be the murderer of some certain individuals that you weren't the murderer of to keep a bunch of real murderers in a jail cell? It's a tough one, man. I don't know. I don't know if I have as as much um, what's the word class as Batman. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> He's a better man than I am. The the reason why I say I I would lean towards the answer is no, is because you know the way Nolan makes his films in in The Dark Knight Rises, it ends up that it all flushes out in the end, and it comes out that you know Batman took the blame for Harvey Dent's murders, and so all those people that were in prison now should get released because of the whole sort of situation around it all 
And the point the point I was trying to make is, um, and it, uh, the reason why I was getting towards was that it reminds me that particular situation in itself. I realized that all the wrong people are in prison. It reminds me of uh, a song that I'm hopefully going to bring to the the pod, and it's a tune by a rapper called Marlon Craft, and he has a bar in this tune, and he says. Nothing reveals the truth more than a fucking lie. Nothing reveals the truth more than a fucking lie and vice versa. And I just think it's such a bar because it's true. It's like you could do something with the best of intentions, but if it's if it's based in fallacy, the truth will get exposed and you will get fucked up nonetheless. And so I was like, that's what it just reminded me of because those guys in Black Great Prison end up getting released because the truth came out that it wasn't Batman that actually killed those people. It was actually Harvey Dent. So he, he sacrificed himself for nothing. Exactly. Nothing yeah. reveals the truth more than a fucking lie. <laughs> uh, I snapped you on the second half of that line. And it's true what you said, that the, the sequence of events that seems to repeat itself it makes me think of the start of the First World War. For context, we will probably release this in like six weeks' time, but today Russia has invaded Ukraine. And what started World War One was initially an assassination, which led one country to declare war on another. And then all of the alliances that were then set up between those countries all took into effect. And so it's like you start on them, then you start on us, and then you start on us. And before you know it, everyone's at war. I mean, you kind of have a similar situation now. If you attack a NATO country, you attack all of the NATO countries. On the other hand, Russia has the former USSR countries, former Soviet nations, that it feels belong to them and has the same attitude. And so you have this situation where the smallest act, single kind of act of aggression, it wouldn't even take that much for essentially all of the developed world to be at war. And it's kind of a scary thought, you know, it's just a sequence of events that can, can reoccur. But it, the deep divisions also made me think of just the the general societal divisions that I I think maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating, but I feel like they've deepened in the last deco- decade or so. The pandemic seems to have accelerated that. I think I think there are a lot of people who benefit from those divisions. I think I've talked before about diversionary nationalism and how you can focus people's anger on one thing to to distract them from something else. Also, this bar actually reminds me of Killer Mike's energy on Close Your Eyes. It has a similar kind of, you know, when he says, talks about the prisoners taking over the jail. And the sentiment is understandable. Like, we've spoken before about how many people, especially people of colour, end up in jail for just the most ridiculous things. Like tiny little offences, whether it's because of three strikes rule or whatever else. But not only that, there's like the disproportionate policing of blue-collar crime versus white-collar crime. And so, like you said, you can go to war on a nation, but you're not going to go to jail for that. But if you, you know, break break into my house, you will go to jail. And you think of other white-collar crimes like financial crimes. How many people go to jail for the 2008 financial crisis? Not not many, right? Like, as far I as I'm aware. Yeah. And I think one person did. Yeah, but you can guarantee that there are a lot of people who, as a result of that financial crisis, maybe turned to petty crime or selling drugs or some other kind of illicit trade and ended up in jail. And so you have you have two sets of crimes, one with a much, much bigger impact. As far as I can tell, the wrong people end up in jail. So yeah, a really relatable line. 
from B. Earl in there for me. Facts, bro. Who's next? I'm up. The clock is still ticking for the victim of the future. You wait until they look like you to ever choose. The clock is still ticking for the victim of the future. You wait until they look like you to ever choose. Bars. This line, this line has the same message as a poem called First They Came. I don't know if you've heard it. It's based on the writings of a, a German pastor, um, Martin Neimoller, I think is how you pronounce it. And essentially the poem goes, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Jeez. It's a simple but powerful message. And I think B. Dolan captures it in those two lines. You wait until they look like you to choose. And, and it's true. If you only care about people who look like you, you kind of pave the way for your own destruction. Because if you don't have solidarity, you know, who's going to look out for you when that someone else comes for you or the person who got them comes for you? Recently, for example, I've seen the Canadian police using excessive force on protesters. Now, I don't agree with those protesters. They're, they're opposing vaccine policies, which I think are sensible. But despite disagreeing with them and their beliefs, I have to stand by their right to peacefully protest and stand against excessive use of force by the police, which we see. We know we talked about it on the Slow Down Gandhi episode about the Kent State shootings at a peaceful protest. So I think my message to those protesters is I disagree with you on vaccines, but also fuck the police. You know, I'm with you on that because this that's not OK. So I think, yeah, stand up for people, even if you don't agree with them. Definitely. Who's next? You're up. Hip-hop is folk music grown from the struggle and half these fools could put the mic down and run as Republican. Hip-hop is folk music grown from the struggle and half these fools could put the mic down and run as a Republican. Semi-snap on that. My take is the most accidental, ironic take in the short history of Bars, Rhymes and Life, Alan. Really interesting because I read this line, I listened to it and I was like, I know exactly how I want to go about this. I know exactly what this is evoking in me because he's got, he's basically calling out rappers, maybe from the past or current that what's the word portray or at least came from the struggle, but then still use that narrative to, to drive their music and their sales. But really, if you were to really, you know, iron out all the truth and see what they are in terms of identity and character, you'd probably find out that they're not as liberal as or as, you know, free thinking as you'd assume that they are, right? And it took me back to a line that definitely has had a massive influence me from when I was about 19. And it's by an artist called Immortal Technique. And the quote from the line, because this is exactly what I was going to use, right? It stuck with me for my life entirely was, the problem with conformists will always be that when you try to change a system from within, it's not you that will change the system. It's the system that will eventually change you. The problem with always being a conformist is that when you try to change the system from within, it's not you who changes the system. It's the system that will eventually change you. And this is, I think, what the realist artist, like the realist issue that hip hop artists and pretty much anyone that makes it from struggle. So anyone that makes money from struggle I honestly think one thing that they find very difficult to deal with is I don't think they can stay democratic or Labour if you're from the UK in their thinking. 
Because I think unless you're totally at all times paying active attention to your fame and your money and how it's being utilized by the systems, like those those systems like Universal, your A&Rs, your corporations, right? Um, your sponsorship deals. If you're not paying focused and solidarity focused, laser focus on those situations, you, the system will make you conservative and Republican over time. You you can't stay liberal. Do you see? Do you see what I, mm. I hope I'm making sense? Yeah. The reason why I say my take is on this song is probably um, the most ironic. Is because it, this song was on YouTube, right? And I always have a habit of flicking, flicking through the comments. I just do it. It's something I just naturally do. If I if I like something or I've listened to something, I'll flick through the comments. I think it might be like four. So it wasn't particularly far down. Might be four comments down. Here's a comment. The second verse is for people like a mortal technique. Rappers who claim to be fighting for equal rights but use homophobic slurs in their music and are appalled at the idea of a homosexual MC. So... I used an MC that I listened to in the past to highlight how sick these bars are, but in some ways, it's actually calling out the very rapper that I referenced in the first place. <laughs> like, how often does that happen, bruv? How often <laughs> does that happen? I, I just think that's amazing. I was cracking up to myself because I was thinking, wow, I know exactly what I'm going to go and say about this, and I know exactly what I'm going to reference. And then I flicked through the comments and I went, Oh shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just found that I found that extremely ironic. I find it actually quite nuanced and balanced. Um uh, but yeah, bars nonetheless. And it, you know, I thought it was an interesting take and I wanted to share it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that about immortal technique actually. I think in the video, like you said, he has uh, a sample or or a video clip of Buster Rhymes saying something or or, or being refusing to accept gay rapper. I don't know when that video was filmed almost certain since then Buster Rhymes has kind of disavowed that view a bit and I think I think Frank Ocean coming out had a part to play in that I think it made a lot of artists realize that you know that these are like your friends your family is like it's just not not something that's worth being negative about but yeah I think that is exactly what like B Dolan is sort of getting at is people having views that really don't don't support the struggle don't support other people's struggles i highlighted actually just the first part of the line that hip-hop is folk music grow from the struggle i just love the line because it just seems to really capture the heart of hip-hop like it might be a global industry now but like folk music this was originally just music of the people like music of the streets and there's such a strong history of like political hip-hop which obviously i love but also even if the bars aren't necessarily political. Just making the music itself was an important statement at the time. It was a generation who didn't feel represented. Disco music was big at the time and they felt like that didn't represent them. So they kind of just made their own genre. They invented hip hop on the streets. You didn't need a lot of like expensive instruments. You didn't need any like fancy musical knowledge. You just needed like a beat and some bars. And then that was it. And you just invented a genre like that. And it did come from the streets. It did come from the struggle. And I think like, yeah, B. Dolan points out, it's, it is a shame when you see people who've come through that struggle, not recognizing the struggles of other groups. Yeah. Great line, man. Who's next? I'm up. I'm on the side of poor people getting organized. I'm on the side of choice where it is in short supply. I'm on the side of those the system doesn't authorize. 
LGBT, we are on the side of pride. I'm on the side of poor people getting organized. I'm on the side of choice where it is in short supply. I'm on the side of those the system doesn't authorize. LGBT, we are on the side of pride. It's 75% snap review, and by the way, bars. <laughs> I, thought, I love this, this part of the track. Um, I feel like sometimes we're told that we're not supposed to talk about politics. You know, they, they they say you should never talk about politics and religion. They're like the two things you shouldn't talk about. And I think you mentioned last week, we talk about how people are sometimes coy about like who they're going to vote for or what they really stand for. They're like, they don't want to say it out, li- out loud. But I think if everyone stays quiet, the only voices that get heard will be like like the Donald Trumps and like the, the Putins, the, the loud ones. If everyone else stays quiet, there's like a joke people always say around like, christmas and thanksgiving that they have to listen to like their old like racist uncle and like going on about this or that you know what i mean it's just like a thing people have to deal with but you think even if you challenge that sort of thing you get accused of being too political or or for like making it all about politics and it's just it's so frustrating i don't get it and that's i kind of just love that b dolan just puts it all out there like clear no no like beating around the bush this is what i believe this is what I'm on the side of. These are the people that I support. And I just, I love that. I agree with him on every count here. And I just like that he just says it so bluntly. Yeah, it's just, it's just great bars. I, I mean, I highlighted bars uh, holding S for, I think about seven to 12 seconds. Because <laughs> I think the amount of time I rate the bar, if I go, you know, when I go, oh, mate, I hold S for ages. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I feel like I want a metric metrify the, <laughs> the amount of time i hold the letter s that's a great uh, metric <laughs> but <laughs> uh i want to be honest so um i'm on the side of poor people getting organized i'm on the side of choice where it is in short supply i was going to be honest and say that months prior i was about to vote for brexit and my thoughts on it and how i thought brexit would directly affect me based on probably what might be clueless assumptions, because anything that anyone said about Brexit was completely wrong, including myself, I thought it would benefit me, it would benefit me to vote for Brexit, Alan. And I had my mind set on it, and I didn't have to tell, I didn't have to share that with you or anyone, or anyone for that matter. And I was set on this, bro, until I saw a picture of Nigel Farage standing in front of a poster that had like an entire crowd of diverse my immigrants, migrants, saying that if we don't leave the EU, all these people will flood, it, flood into this country or something of that ilk, right? And I saw it, and I saw him smiling, and I saw the pap smile, and everyone just like geeing this guy up, you know, you know, all the people that were in support of Brexit and stuff. And I was just like, fuck's sake, man. I could not live with myself if I voted for something and even if I thought that immigrant, like I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I would say, for instance, I, I, broke, I voted for it for financial things. It had migration had nothing to do with it or anything. Yeah. I just couldn't be associated with the facilitation of that poster. Like that, that in itself, because that is what was being portrayed in the media. That was the, the propaganda. That was what was being pushed. And I just thought I can, I don't care about how much it might benefit me from a financial point of view. I think that some things are way more important than just me. And I ended up not voting for Brexit 
simply because of that poster not not for any other reason other than that fucking poster which i thought was a fucking disgrace and i i i just can't believe like in some respects like he got away with that like i just think it's like, i actually thought that was some form of racism in my my opinion especially with my parents coming from another country so i just i just couldn't live with myself in the end it didn't matter anyway <laughs> Because we ended up getting voting out. But at least I can live with myself and say that at least my vote didn't contribute to the atrocity that was that poster. So, yeah, like I didn't get the outcome that I didn't want to do. But, you know, imagine if I had voted for it, telling myself, well, I, you know, these are my selfish reasons. They're just for me, right? This is why I did it. And then I, it happened and that poster was getting, you know, vindicated. Mm. Like, imagine, like I, I honestly think I would have felt way more guilty for voting it and just saying oh well but it's just for me and it doesn't matter like that's okay i just like i'll cast a blind eye to that poster i feel way more better the fact yeah it's horrible that we're out and anyone that tells you that it was the right thing to do will you know or anyone that told you anything about brexit will say yeah i was everything i said about it was completely wrong the point being is that actually I can look at myself in the mirror a little bit better than I would if I'd, I'd done it the other way. I'm on the side of those the system doesn't authorise. And this is something that just really, really means a lot to me, Alan. And I know we are small and I know it's just me and you. But it, I'm just so proud of the fact that neither me or you have some authoritarian style to ourselves. Like... If anyone could understand how we built this, and I know it's nothing massive at all, but no, nothing managerial, nothing you do this, I do that. It's just been we. And I just find that so many systems, especially in the working place, don't need to be hierarchical at all. And in fact, they just, these hierarchical type systems, fuck customers up fuck employees up and just fuck everything up it just creates it's just naturally creates toxic situations and so i just felt like i'm of the side that where a system just works because the system has the right people in the right place and there's no need for authoritarianism in any sort of sense and i just i just connect to that and i and i massively think i'm really proud of the fact that none of this shit has hit us i don't think it ever will and i you know i don't think i actively do it because the way me and you grown up together since day but my point being is it is important to try and not bite on your own authority because authority means shit man honestly mm. to me i think it means a load of rubbish i think knowledge is king and anyone that is full of knowledge will tell you that that knowledge is king authority does not beat knowledge in my opinion yeah agree it's funny you mentioned that poster i um i kind of felt similar all the way i think i had at no point had attended to vote for Brexit. I was never like a massive, like, oh, I love Europe. It's the best thing in the world. The EU is like amazing. I was kind of ambivalent about it. I was of the opinion, like, it's something that makes sense to maybe fix a bit or change the way it works. But I really don't see any value in just leaving altogether. So I was like, not super strongly. It wasn't something that I felt like really passionate about. I was like, well, I just don't see the point of leaving but then posters like that, like you said, that made me passionate. Then I was like, exactly like you, like that is awful. Like, there's pe pictures of people who are leaving a war zone, trying to just find a bit of safety. And that prick Nigel Farage standing in front of it with his stupid smirk, 
and it worked for him. It worked for him. He got the votes he wanted. And man, I remember around the time that that poster was released, I'd been down in Folkestone just on a day trip. And they have um, a bunch of memorials in Folkestone because there was a, a lot of ships leaving there during the war. So it was in the coast of France. And they also had a memorial for Belgian refugees that had come to the UK during the war and had been accepted by the people of Folkestone. And you just think that's something that we did. There was a war going on. There were people leaving a country and we, we embraced them and said like, come in and like, and, and, and escape the brutality. And, and to find ourselves then voting for that poster was just immediately pushed me as far to the opposite direction as I could have possibly gone. Madness, bro. Who's next? I'm up. Egypt to Wisconsin, when they march against the policy, if you're bringing down a king, I'm on your side, probably. Egypt to Wisconsin, when they march against the policy, if you bring down a king, I'm on your side, probably. Bars. So, the queen has COVID. Do you think the, the country is ready for King Charles? King Charles III. <laughs> I've got, I'm in such a weird conundrum with it all. I think, I, think, I think everyone is. I don't know if a lot of people, like, I think people generally like the queen. I think they're like happy with her, whatever, she's fine. I don't know if people love Prince Charles that much. And I think people are fairly ambivalent about the royal family as a whole. I'm very interested to see how attitudes... I mean, I hope the Queen is okay. I don't wish her any ill. I'm interested to see how attitudes change when he does become king. It's really interesting that you've brought this up, Alan. Because I think if you asked us this question when we were Heston boys aged anywhere between 15 and 19 i think we would have been so like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck about the monarchy and i don't give a fuck about this and we would have been all like that and this is a bit of a phenomenon for me that i've realized because i actually think the queen what's her word what's the word her credential i don't know i don't know what the word to find is but her her public perception has absolutely gone through the roof in the last five, six years, right? And it's because I think people of our generation are hitting an age where we're seeing our grandmothers, those that still have them, by the way, sorry, hit the age that she's hitting. And we've now basically fallen in love with a symbol that represents our grandmothers. And, and, it's it's so like it's just the fact that hey you know she reminds me of my grandma I, I feel like I was randomly watching this morning the other day and um Ferrari I think he was just you know just absolutely obsessing about the queen like she reminds me of my mum here's Morgan she reminds me of my mother like you know this kind of whole hype that actually the boomer generation will say that the queen reminds me of my mum and our generation are saying the queen reminds me of our grandmother. And so we've absolutely fallen in absolute love with this person. And we're just like, yeah, like she's she's absolutely dog bollock. What I'm really concerned about, and what, what I'm really, really concerned about, and which baffles me, Harry did whatever he did with Meghan, and they got harassed, didn't they? Let's be honest. They mm. got harassed, yeah. Prince Andrew done some fucked up shit yeah out of court settlement supposedly 12 million 
And how much of that 12 million came out of the Queen's business? Well, she don't have a business. The business is us, taxpayers. <laughs> we, pay, we, pay, we pay 12 million at the very least to basically say that this individual who let's say has done some really fucked up shit, right? Just live his normal life and live his entitled life. It's yeah. weird when you think about it, right? And I, I didn't ask you to bring the queen up, but you did. <laughs> no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, yeah, I didn't even think about Prince Andrew, but fucking hell, that's a, that's a whole other story. But I, I think in general, I kind of agree with B. Dolan. Like I'm in favor of bringing down the king in general because I don't agree with hereditary power. Like, I don't think the royal family should have influence over politics. And ultimately, I'm just in favor of not having a royal family. I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me to just be born above everyone else. It's just a nonsense. But I also like how B. Dolan just adds probably at the end. I'm on your side, probably. Just to add a note of caution, like, don't take it for granted. I'm probably on your side, but I might not be. And I like that. It's just a... I think it kind of uh, hints to his sense of humor, which he's a funny guy. Facts, man. That was a really interesting one. Random one at the same time. <laughs> Who's next? You're up. Use your own mind. Use your heart and your anger. Check yourself because apathy is a cancer and let your action be the answer. Use your own mind. Use your heart and your anger. Check yourself because apathy is a cancer and let your action be the answer. Nice. I think these bars are just nothing but truth and fire, bro. Nothing but truth and fire. Especially the first line. That's just like straight facts. Doesn't even need any sort of breaking down or anything. But with regards to apathy being a cancer, I actually want to quote an actual Bars, Rhymes and Life listener who sent this in relation to our very first episode, which I've actually kept saved on my phone as genuine inspiration and it was a, from a real one for back in the day for both of us, yeah. And his name's AJ Sharma. I'm happy to call him out. Like, it was sick. Unbelievable takes. Finally pass on to Abby about being ICE cold. I totally understand his point. He spoke about the worst thing is being indifferent. And it just reminded me of the classic line from Ellie Weasel. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. So feeling something, even if it's cold, is better than indifference. And it is, apathy is a cancer. It really is. If you start not giving a fuck about anything or anyone at all, even though I do say it a lot myself, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's terrible. And, you know, I just wanted to like shout out AJ for that because it's the, I think it's the first time we've used a listener to help reflect on the bars, rhymes and the life. And some of his takes are like a million times better than us. So shout out to AJ, man. What a sick guy. What a sick dude. Yeah. But finally, let your action be the answer. And it reminds me of a line from, you know, I love the Batman trilogy. Batman Begins. It's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. Bruce, deep down you may still be that same great kid you used to be. But it's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. And I just hope that let like me, you and the listeners 
do what defines us. That's what I want. Nice. Yeah, shout out AJ. That was a great take. <laughs> Who's next? I'm up. Don't scab for the bosses. Don't listen to their lies. Us poor folk haven't got a chance unless we organize. So this is in the outro. It's a sample from what was the original track, uh, Which Side Are You On? It's an old folk song. It's actually an old union song. I think it was written in the 1930s, and there have been versions of it made since then. Um, Pete Seeger, Billy Bragg has a version, and none other than Talib Kweli and Ninth Wonder have a version I found recently uh, using this sample. And so it really is a staple of protest music. It's just been sung for generations. And I think it's perfect that this track uses this sample, because like he said, hip-hop is folk music, and he's using this folk music sample to remind us that this is a union song it's a working class song it's a song of solidarity and it's a song for everyone in the struggle i just love that message so shout out everyone in the struggle facts man nothing but love to b dolan nothing but love to all of b dolan's fans nothing but love to all the bars rhymes and life listeners out there nothing but love to you alan what peace Listen to their lies But poor folks haven't got a chance Unless we organize